All right, that's the study of Luke that's going on right now. And so after worship today, again, our elders will be out here with study guides for you for the next one, which will be Luke chapter 7, 8, 7 and 8, which will be next week's message. Vamos a tener una guía de estudios. Uh, los ancianos las van a repartir después del servicio allá en las puertas. So be sure you get that. It's also in our weekly sunrise email that goes out at the bottom. And if you want to sign up for that, there's information in our bulletin about how to do that. Pueden también inscribirse para el email uh, semanal que enviamos. Y hay un vínculo también para el, la guía de estudios. Right now, we're going to get into Luke. And so I want to invite you to open up your Bibles. I want to invite you to find a Bible if you don't have one. They're in the back. Uh, vamos a abrir las Biblias. And today we're covering really all of what is chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Luke. Estamos cubriendo capítulos 5 y 6 hoy. But I'm just going to read a part of that. The section I'm going to read is Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. Vamos a leer Lucas 5, del 27 al 32. And uh, the page numbers on the screen there are connected with the Bibles in the back. That's to give you an aid in finding that. La página indica donde está el texto. So I'm giving you just a second to get there, and I'm going to read first in Spanish, and then I'll read in English. Voy a leer primero en español, después en inglés. So remember, this is, this is the good news. This is the good news according to the inspired writer Luke, Las Buenas Noticias según Lucas. Y dice lo siguiente, Después de esto salió Jesús y se fijó en un recaudador de impuestos llamado Levi, sentado a la mesa donde cobraba. Sígueme, le dijo Jesús. Y Levi se levantó, lo dejó todo y lo siguió. Luego Levi le ofreció a Jesús un gran banquete en su casa y había allí un grupo numeroso de recaudadores de impuestos y otras personas que estaban comiendo con ellos. Pero los fariseos y los maestros de la ley que eran de la misma secta les reclamaban a los discípulos de Jesús. ¿Por qué comen y beben ustedes con recaudadores de impuestos y pecadores? No son los sanos los que necesitan médicos sino los enfermos, les contestó Jesús. No he venido a llamar a justos, sino a pecadores, para que se arrepientan. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So last week, in this series, in Luke chapters 3 and 4, we, we saw how God's great salvation project, His rescue operation, takes off as Jesus begins to minister. He starts to minister in the synagogues and in the streets, preaching and healing. Vimos el despegue del, del proyecto de salvación de Dios en Lucas 3 y 4. And here in chapters 5 and 6, we see that project continues. And it's important for us to keep in mind where this is happening. Hay que tener en cuenta donde ocurre esto. Jesus is ministering at this time through these chapters in the north 
of Israel, 80 miles north of Jerusalem in an area called Galilee. Está en Galilea, a unas 80 millas al norte de Jerusalén. It's the big red circle there. And that's where he's at. In fact, as we begin chapter 5 of Luke, Jesus is by that body of water there, which is known as the, the Lake of Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee. Está en el lago Gennesaret o el mar de Galilea. And that's where we find him at the beginning of chapter 5. And Jesus gets into a boat, a boat that belongs to two brothers, Simon and Andrew. Jesús sube la barca de Simón y su hermano Andrés. And he's there to teach a crowd the word of God. Está ahí para enseñar a la multitud. Now I want you to picture this. Bible scholars believe that this boat was nestled in a kind of natural cove, a kind of an enclosed inlet. Era como una caleta, and there's a hill, okay? So hay una colina, and the crowds are sitting on the hill, and it kind of wraps around, or better yet, like this, for your point of view. It's wrapping around. Hay una caleta, y esto forma como un auditorio al aire libre. It, it forms kind of a natural amphitheater, or an outdoor auditorium. And the acoustics are great. Hay una buena acústica. And that's why Jesus then asks Simon to take this boat out just a little bit from the shore so that he can project his voice and he can teach the people the word of God. Por eso se aleja la barca un poco para enseñar a la gente. And when he's done doing that, he turns to Simon in chapter 5, verse 4, and he says something that is significant. Después dice algo muy importante, Simón. He says, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Lleva la barca hacia aguas más profundas y echen allí las redes para pescar. Now, it wasn't too long ago, maybe two or three months ago, that I actually preached a message on this particular section of Luke. Luke chapter 5, the first 11 verses. And in that message, I noted that what we have here is a progression that in this story of Jesus and Simon, he meets Simon, first of all, in ankle deep water where he is mending his nets. Primero Jesús se encontró con Simón en aguas de los tibios, donde estaba remendando sus redes. But then they take the boat out uh, to teach and the water is probably about up to the waist or maybe the chest, okay? Después aleja la, eh, la barca hasta como la cadera. El agua está como aquí. But here, Jesus takes another step and he says go out into the deep water and spread out your net wide for a catch vete ahora a las aguas profundas dice y extiende tu red para pescar now that's a significant verse and one reason is significant because as i said a few months ago this is a great picture of the journey of faith this is really what jesus does with each one of us tony said it himself there's always more right Jesus is inviting us to take progressively greater steps with him. Jesús nos invita a dar pasos de fe con él, cada vez más. But there's another reason why I think this verse can be significant for us today. I believe this represents a thread. I believe it represents a theme that we find running through Luke chapters 5 and 6. Representa un tema que está en Lucas 5 y 6. Look again. Not only does Jesus ask Simon to go to the deeper water, in Luke 5 and 6, basically what we see is Jesus is going deeper. 
He's going deeper in his ministry. Jesús no solo le pide a Simón ir a aguas profundas, Jesús va más profundo. Not only does Jesus ask Simon to spread his net wide open, but in Luke 5 and 6, basically what we see is Jesus is extending himself. He's extending his influence wider and wider. No solo le pide a, a Simón extender más ampliamente la red, Jesús se extiende de forma más amplia. And then in chapter 5, verse 10, not only does Jesus ask Simon or invite Simon to become a fisher of people, what we see in chapters 5 and 6 is Jesus himself is going out and doing the same thing. Jesus is going out and he's fishing for people. No solo le pide a Simón pescar a hombres, Jesús pesca hombres aquí. And immediately it begins with the next story. Jesus goes wider immediately. Se extiende Jesús de forma más amplia as he meets a man who has an infectious skin disease called leprosy. Se encuentra con un leproso. And in Luke 5.13, we find what happens in this encounter. Lucas 5.13, it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesús extendió la mano y tocó al hombre. Si quiero, le dijo, queda limpio. Y al instante se le quitó la lepra. Notice. Notice, Jesus is going wider here. Se extiende aún más ampliamente, Jesús. He's going wider because he's not only willing to heal this man, he's willing to go even wider and touch this man. Hasta toca este hombre. That's powerful because you see, according to the Jewish religious system, this man cannot be touched because he's infectious. He is unclean. Este hombre es impuro. To touch him means that you become unclean. Tocarlo hace uno impuro. But Jesus, notice, uh, Bible scholars tell us he reverses that. He goes wider and he touches the man. And instead of Jesus being infected by this man's impurity, Jesus infects this man with his purity. Jesús infecta al hombre con su pureza. Jesus is going beyond the boundaries. He's going wider than the religious system of his day. Se extiende de forma más amplia. We see Jesus going wider in another way. In the scripture that I just read from Luke 5:27, también se extiende de forma más amplia aquí con Levi. He meets this Jewish tax collector by the name of Levi. Se encuentra con Levi. And Levi is a Jew, but in a sense he's a Jew in name only, because he's not a very good Jew. No es un buen judío. He is a very dishonest man. He, he is really swindling people out of their money, and he's rubbing shoulders with other dishonest Jews, and also with dirty, unclean Gentiles non-Jewish people, and they were called by the Jews of that day, sinners. It's almost like that's what a Gentile was. Gentile sinners, they were called. Levi se asocia con, con uh, judíos deshonestos y también con gentiles sucios, pecadores. But when Jesus meets Levi, he says, follow me. Sígueme, le dice Jesús a Levi. And Levi leaves everything behind. He leaves all of his money, all of his business, all of his career. And the next thing we find, Levi is throwing a party in his house with all of these tax collectors, with all of these sinners hanging out. And guess who the guest of honor is? It's Jesus. Jesús está en casa de Levi en una fiesta con estos recaudadores y pecadores. 
And Jesus is doing what Levi did. Jesus is rubbing shoulders with these people. Está tocando Jesús a estas personas. The Pharisees and religious leaders don't get it. Why does he associate with these people? Why is he touching tax collectors? And why is he even near sinners, non-Jewish, dirty people? ¿Por qué está asociando a Jesús con pecadores y con recaudadores e impuestos? And in Luke chapter 5, verse 31, Jesus gives them an answer. Lucas 5.31. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. No son los sanos que necesitan médicos, sino los enfermos. No he venido a llamar a justos, sino pecadores, para que se arrepientan. Jesus is going wider. He's associating with people the Jews don't want to touch. Because you see, Jesus is a doctor. Jesús es un doctor. He's not only a doctor who makes the sick people come to him. He's the doctor that does house calls. And he's on a search. He's extending his net wider and wider to find those who need the cure he has. Está extendiendo su red para encontrar a los que necesitan lo que él tiene. So definitely, in Luke chapter 5 and 6, Jesus is going wider. But he's also going deeper, too. Él va más profundo también. He's going deeper because he's going beyond just the surface of things. He's going to get at the most profound needs of the human heart. Va más profundo a la necesidad humana. We see that in Luke 5.18 where Jesus is teaching and there's a crowd gathered around him and these men take a friend of theirs, a paralyzed man, on a mat. They're trying to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Unos amigos llevan su amigo paralítico a Jesús. They can't get in the house. But such is their determination, these men are willing to destroy someone's roof in order to create an opening to lower their friend down. Hasta destruyen la casa de alguien para bajar a su amigo a los pies de Jesús. And Jesus looks at this man and he says something unexpected. Él dice algo inesperado. In Luke 5.20 he says, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Amigo, te quedan perdonados tus pecados. What's going on here? Well, like a good doctor, Jesus isn't just looking at the presenting symptoms. He's going deeper. He's going deeper to get at the issues that are at the heart of this man's problem and at the heart of his need. Jesús va más profundo a la necesidad de este hombre. This man not only needs to be restored in his physical walk, he needs to be restored in his walk with God. That's the deeper problem. No solo necesita restauración su camino con, con, uh, físico, sino su camino espiritual. And so Jesus is going to do that. He's going deeper. We find Jesus here also going deeper in another way. Not only does he go deeper in his teaching, no solo va más profundo en su enseñanza, but he's going deeper or rather, he's not just going deeper in his healing, he's going deeper in his teaching. And uh, we find that in chapter 6, where Jesus is walking along, and, or rather, at the end, end of 5, his disciples are walking along, and the disciples of the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist come up to Jesus, and they say, hey, why aren't you guys respecting the fast days? Why aren't you fasting like everybody else is supposed to fast on certain days? Los discípulos de los fariseos y Juan dicen, ¿Por qué tú y tus discípulos no ayunan? 
And Jesus goes beyond the regulations and the rules. He says, wait a minute. You can't fast when it's a feast day. You don't fast when it's a feast day. And guess what? It's a feast day because you don't go to a wedding. And at a wedding, you don't fast either. When the groom is there, it's a party. It's time to eat it up, drink it up. Because the groom and the bride are there. It's party time. It's a feast day. Cuando hay una boda, es tiempo de, 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 de hacer fiesta, de comer. Guess what? I'm the groom. I've come for my bride. We're having a wedding feast. That's why we don't fast. Estamos en una fiesta de boda, por eso no ayunamos. And the discussion then continues in chapter 6 at the beginning. The disciples of Jesus are walking through and they're picking off heads of grain in the fields, which was allowed to do if you were hungry. You could pick someone's grain, have a snack. Están los discípulos en los campos comiendo trigo de las espigas. And, and again, there's a question, why are they doing this? Because they're doing it on the day of rest, the Sabbath day. Están comiendo en el sábado. This constitutes work. And work is not to be done on the Sabbath day. Why are your disciples doing what is unlawful? Eating, working on the Sabbath day. ¿Por qué tus discípulos comen y trabajan en el día de reposo, el sábado? And in chapter 6, verse 3, Jesus gives a teaching that seems a little bit mysterious to us. I want to read it and then see if we can go deeper to understand it. Jesus answers in chapter 6, verse 3, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? Nunca han leído lo que hizo David en aquella ocasión que él y sus compañeros tuvieron hambre. He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Entró en la casa de Dios y tomando los panes consagrados a Dios, comió lo que solo a los sacerdotes se les es permitido comer y dio a sus compañeros. So what does that have to do? What's going on there? There's a Bible scholar by the name of Tom Wright that has helped me to see this in a new light. And so I'm going to give him credit. Hay un académico que me ha ayudado con esto. David, in this story, in the Old Testament, came to the house of God and he ate the forbidden holy bread. David comió el pan prohibido y sagrado. He was with his companions. But it was okay. Even though he went against the rules, it was okay because he was on a greater mission from God. And that mission was for David to become the rightful, appointed, anointed king of Israel. He was on the march to become king. David comió del pan sagrado, pero estaba bien porque estaba en camino a ser rey ungido a Israel. What Jesus is saying here is, Me and my friends, we're eating this stuff on the Sabbath day, but there is something bigger than the rules going on here. We're on the march. We're on the way. I am becoming the rightful, anointed, appointed king. That's what's going on here. Yo estoy en camino a serme rey, ungido y aprobado de Dios. So who is Jesus? ¿Quién es Jesús? He's the doctor for the sick. And he's going deeper. 
He's going deeper to show that he has the authority to forgive sins. That's why he heals the paralyzed man. Es el doctor que tiene autoridad y va más profundo para sanar al pecado del hombre. And who is Jesus? He's the rightful king. And his rule and reign is greater and wider than even that of King David of Israel. He's going wider. Su reinado es aún más amplio que el rey David de Israel. Jesus has authority. He is the king and he is the Lord of the Sabbath day. And he declares as king and Lord that the rules of the Sabbath were made for people. People aren't made for rules. Las reglas son para las personas, no las personas. Para las reglas, and he shows it as the Lord of the Sabbath day by healing a man whose hand has withered, sana un hombre que tiene una, una mano paralizada. And again, the Pharisees are like, what, this is work. He says, which is better? To do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? Take your pick. ¿Cuál es lo mejor, hacer el bien o el mal? So what's going on with all of these stories about Jesus going deeper and Jesus going wider? Well, in Luke chapter 5, verse 38, Jesus explains very clearly what's going on. Lucas 5.38 explica Jesús lo que está pasando. He simply says, new wine must be poured into new wine skins. El vino nuevo debe echarse en odres nuevos. What Jesus is saying here is, God's doing a new thing. And when God does a new thing, it needs a new container. Cuando Dios hace algo nuevo, se necesita un conedor nuevo. Just like new wine. You don't take new, gassy, bubbly, fermenting wine and put it into an old, stretched out wine skin. It's going to burst It's going to mess up everything. No pones nuevo vino fermentado en, en un odre viejo. Se va a reventar. No, you've got to put what's new into a new container. And here's something new that's going on here. The nets of the old religious system are being stretched to the breaking point by the new thing I'm doing here. I've got bigger fish to catch than the old religious system knows about and those nets are about to burst just like the nets that Simon and Andrew pulled up out of the water were about to burst because of all of the fish in them. Las redes del viejo sistema están por reventarse porque no pueden contener a los peces que yo pesco. They can't contain the new fish that I'm getting. And who are the new fish that Jesus is catching? The lepers, the paralyzed, the tax collectors, even the dirty, bottom-dwelling, non-Jewish, Gentile sinners. Los leprosos, paralíticos, recaudadores, impuestos, hasta los pecadores no judíos. Who are those people? ¿Quiénes son? Well, in Luke chapter 6, verse 20, beginning there, Jesus calls them the poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the hated. Son los pobres, hambrientos, los que lloran y los que son detestados. 
Those are the ones that Jesus is catching. And here at this point, Jesus comes to an open plain, a wide open flat area. El llega un llano abierto. And Jesus casts out a wide net to the crowd. Estende su red de forma amplia a la multitud. And he says, here's the deal. If you're one of those poor people, if you are hungry, if you are weeping, if you are hated, guess what? How lucky are you? Blessed are you, los pobres, los hambrientos, los que lloran, los que son detestados. Qué bueno para ustedes. How good it is for you. Why? Because you know that you need something. You know that your life is not going well. Ustedes saben que necesitan algo. And guess what? You're in luck. You're blessed. Because I'm what you need. Yo soy el que necesita. And because you know what you need, your hands are open and ready to receive it. Están listos para recibirme a mí. But if you're rich, if you're full, if you're laughing it up, if you are popular by the world's standards, I feel so bad for you. Oh, woe to you. Me siento mal por los que, por los que son ricos y, y, y llenos y riéndose y tal. Why? Because you don't think you need a thing. No piensan conocer o necesitar nada. That's a bad place to be because you don't think you need me. Your hands are so full of all the stuff you think is going to satisfy you but won't. You can't grab on to me. Sus manos están tan llenas, no se pueden aferrar a mí. Your riches are going to turn to rags in your hands. Sus, trapos, sus riquezas se quedarán en trapos. I'm offering you something better. So you see what we're, what we're discovering here. Jesus is going deeper. He's going wider in order to fish for people. Jesús va de forma más profunda y ampla para pescar a las personas. In chapter 6, verse 13, he takes another step and he calls 12 of his followers to go with him and do this, to fish for people. Después de 6, 13, llama a los 12 discípulos And he calls these 12 followers apostles. That literally means sent ones. Los llama apóstoles, los que son enviados. And he's going to send them out to do what he's doing. He's going to send them out to proclaim the deeper forgiveness that he's offering. He's going to send them out to, to also proclaim the wide embrace of Jesus, the wide embrace of God. Van a proclamar el perdón profundo y el abrazo amplio de Dios. And this is where the story hits you and me. Because you see, that's where we're called to go. This is what we're called to be. Eso es lo que Jesús nos llama a ser y a ser también. Who is Jesus? He's the king who's gone deeper. And he has still deeper yet to go as we see where he's heading. He's heading to the deepest, darkest place of all, to the cross for you and me. That forgiveness comes at a price. That authority to forgive will come because he goes to that place. Él es el doctor que va más profundo hasta la cruz por nosotros. Who is Jesus? He's the doctor who's going to go deeper. He's the king that's on the march to reach the people that no one else can reach. Jesús es el rey marchando para alcanzar a los que lo necesiten. And he invites us into that. 
Jesus invites you and me to go deeper and to go wider. He wants us to go deeper and to understand our need for personal transformation. He wants us to go wider to reach out to others. Él quiere que podamos profundizar nuestra necesidad y, y extendernos de forma más amplia a las demás personas. Here's the good news that we need to hear today. Jesus Christ has come and he wants to do something in you and me. He wants to touch us at the deepest level of our need, just like he touched the leper. Jesús quiere tocarnos y hacer una obra profunda en nosotros. But he doesn't just want to do something in you and me, he wants to do something through you and me. He wants to make us apostles, to send us out, sent ones, to touch the untouchable, to love the unlovable, to reach the unreachable. Quiere hacer algo por medio de nosotros para tocar a otros, tocar a los intocables, amar a los no amables. How in the world are we ever going to do that? ¿Cómo? That's where we come to the end of chapter 6. Jesus says, to do this, you're going to have to love your enemies. Hay que amar a los enemigos. You're going to have to pray for the people who mistreat you. Hay que orar por los que te maltratan. You're going to have to learn how not to judge other people. Look at, don't look at the speck in their eye. Look at the stupid two by four coming out of your eye. No juzgue a los demás. Mira la espiga en tu ojo. Learn how to give a full measure, a complete measure of your life for me. Den de, de una medida completa de su, de su vida a mí. Bear the good fruit of beautiful works and words. Good fruit that comes from the root of a tree that is grounded in me. Lleven los frutos de buenas obras y palabras de la raíz y una relación arraigada en mí. What's it about? It's about learning how to build our lives upon the rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Not the rock, not the foundation of our own whims and will and desires and the things that, that pull us here and there. Queremos edificarnos sobre el fundamento que es la roca, que es Cristo, no sobre el fundamento de nuestros deseos y metas. That's what it's going to take. So where do we start? What's the first step? ¿Cuál es el primer paso? Well, I think it starts by recognizing our poverty. Hay que reconocer nuestra pobreza. We're poor. It doesn't matter how much money you have or what you drive or where you live. We're all poor. Todos tenemos necesidad. No depende de, de cuánto dinero tienes o no tienes o ¿Qué carro tienes o no tienes? Do you need Jesus? Do you recognize that you need Jesus? ¿Reconoces que necesitas a Jesús? He's inviting us to step into the boat with him and to head out to the deeper waters. To go out wider. Él nos invita a subir la barca de la fe para ir con Él. 
And there are a lot of different steps that are involved on the journey of faith with Jesus. As I said before, there are always next steps. There's always more. Siempre hay más. But there are some big steps. There are some important steps that must be a part of that journey. Hay unos pasos grandes. One of the biggest is what we call repentance and faith. El arrepentimiento, la fe, it's kind of two steps in one. It's about doing what Levi did. It's about doing what the four fishermen did. It's about leaving what's behind, letting it go, and stepping into something new, and following Jesus and embracing him by faith. Se trata de dejar todo lo, lo pasado atrás como los pescadores y como Levi para seguir a Jesús. Repentance and faith, huge step. If you've never taken that step, Jesus invites you to that. Recognize how poor you are and turn away from the junk that cannot last and embrace Him. That's the big step. This is un gran paso. But along with that, there are other big steps. There's this step called profession of faith where Jesus has said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you, but don't be ashamed of me. You can declare me. And profession of faith is about declaring to the world and to the church family, I believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's often accompanied by something very beautiful called baptism, where, where we go deeper into water to say we're going deeper into Jesus. Hay la profesión de fe, el bautismo. There's this thing that Tony talked about, about being a mission partner. Ser compañero de misión. That's, that's about saying, I am going to be one of those sent out ones and I am affiliating with this local community of Christians. I'm going to affiliate with the Sunrise family and we're going to go out on a mission together. Those are big steps. And so I want to invite you, if you are at a place where you need to take those steps, to consider those steps and we want to help you. Queremos ayudarlos. As Tony said, uh, we're going to have a prayer time afterwards and we want you to connect with one of our elders because what we're doing right now our elders are forming what we're calling next step groups. These are small groups of people that we want to get together and give you the light on your path, the information and the orientation and the support you need to take those next steps. Quiero darles la información y la orientación para eso. And I'm just going to ask the elders we have present, if you guys would identify yourselves so you know who to go to after worship. Would you, yeah, go ahead and stand, guys. We want, want you to be able to be seen. We have, I think, our entire elder team here. Tony, yep, that's, these, these are the ones you can talk to, or me. Pueden hablar conmigo. And we, we'd love to get you into one of those next step groups. Okay? So we want you to go deeper with Jesus. He's the doctor for your soul. But we also want to go wider. Queremos también extendernos más. And that means the step of getting outside of our comfort zone. Where is the outside of our comfort zone? It's right outside our front door here. In fact, we're saying, how do we get over the tracks outside of our comfort zone like Jesus to touch some of the people right here? How do we even start something like that? I have an idea, an option. In a few weeks, on Sunday, February 16, we would like to hold another one of what we call our Love Your Neighbors Sundays. Anybody been involved with that before? Vamos a tener otro domingo para amar al prójimo. If you haven't, this is a great opportunity. We work with a local ministry, Love in the Name of Christ, and on a Sunday morning after worship, we want to send groups of people out to deliver mattresses and blankets and, sh and sheets to, to people who have been pre-qualified by Love Inc., and we go to them. Queremos entregar colchones y sábanas a personas en necesidad en la comunidad. But we don't want to just bring stuff. We want to bring love. Love of Jesus. 
We want to bring a gift from sunrise. We want to bring a, a, a touch of prayer, words of encouragement, and invitation. Come, be a part of our family. Queremos traer regalos, una invitación, una oración. We would love for you to sign up for that. If you are interested, we have a sign-up out in the front lobby this morning. If you're even remotely interested in that, help to helping, please do. In fact, there's kind of two parts to this. On February 15, the Saturday before, we need a crew of people to go up to the Love in the Name of Christ warehouse in Visalia, get everything into a covered trailer, and bring it back here for Sunday. So if you can't do uh, Sunday, you can do Saturday. And we need folks that could help with that as well. Si pueden ayudar el día antes, tenemos que levantar el equipo del almacén de Lovin el día 15 de febrero. So I want to invite you into that as well. So I want to leave you with these questions. Do you need a deep touch from Jesus today? Necesitan un toque profundo de Jesús. Do you need the courage to reach out wider? Necesitan valentía para extenderte de forma más amplia. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up, and we're going to go into a prayer time. As I said before, vamos a tener un tiempo de oración, and our, our elders, our prayer team, people who, who want to be of help will be in the back table area there. And as we sing, at any point, if you need that prayer and that touch, I want to invite you back there to pray with us. Jesus is the doctor who knows how to do heart surgery. Jesús es el doctor para el corazón. And he's the king that can change the world. Él es el rey que puede cambiar el mundo. So let's pray together. Vamos a orar juntos.